there. Welcome to the Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Today, let's take a closer look at Cartho Nassi, some possible fan casts, and Terrace. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows. This is where the angst begins. All right, so let's get started. We had some listener questions come in, so we'll go ahead and get those fired off right away. Our first one comes from Astro Nocta Art. And they ask, what do you think about uh, hypothetical uh, time periods and themes for future movies or series? I'd like to see something about the Old Republic, even if it's not in the KOTOR timeline. For example, the Exar Kun Wars, that could be a piece of very dark fantasy like Game of Thrones. Or maybe a timeline of Darth Bane, with all that decadence of Sith society and power struggle. I'm always down for seeing new timelines and themes handled. Just, like, getting away from, like, the Skywalker timeline in between 1 and 6 is something I'm looking forward to. That's why I'm looking forward to the High Republic. I would kind of just like to see epic fantasy kind of take on Star Wars. Or maybe, like, maybe something, like, kind of like the movie The Great Wall, where you kind of just have, like, two different, like, cultures coming together to fight something bigger than themselves. I think that would be kind of cool visually to see in a Star Wars film. But I would definitely be down to see the Exar Kun Wars. And I think it could kind of be like a dark fantasy like Game of Thrones. It's it's fascinating. And when we get to talking about Jolie Bindo, um, he is kind of the link in between kind of like the Exar Kun and kind of like the Knights of the Old Republic old comics, and the the video game series, the Knights of the Old Republic. And Darth Bane is fascinating. I would love to kind of see, like, the power struggles. And, like, it's kind of like he's coming from, like, one interpretation of the Sith religion and kind of, like, creating his own, you know? So I think that would be really interesting to see so I'm always down to see different themes I don't have any themes or timelines in mind necessarily but I I just like seeing new stuff yeah I think that the further away that Disney gets from the Skywalker timeline I think the better um that way it gives them a bit more leeway on what kind of story they want to tell and not have to worry about um, like big big time fans and and like knowledge of canon and things, but kind of with this High Republic story that they've got going, it gives an opportunity to tell a story that isn't going to interfere so much with the Skywalker canon. But it doesn't have to be kind of the quote unquote old Republic time frame. I mean, we could do similar to the sequel trilogy where it was so far after the main saga. Uh, it was just that they still kind of chose to keep it tied into the Skywalker saga this time around. Yeah. All right. And then our other question comes from MRC Tech. Uh, how do you think future Star Wars films will be formatted at release? Will they be episodic? So episode one, two, et cetera, parts, part one, two, et cetera, or Star Wars stories? That's actually an interesting question. In my mind, I would just like them to start a new saga and number it like episode one or two or something. But 
I think it might confuse people because then they'd be like, wait, we just already did episode one. Is that not episode one anymore? I think part of that is what happens when you release the first film and you say, when the sequel comes out, this is episode five, you're just going to confuse people and it's just going to be confusing forever, you know? I don't think part one, part two would work that well. I mean, they could just be like, for example, like, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, the beginning, and then maybe for the sequel, like, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, the revelation, and, like, maybe something like that. Star Wars stories can work, but, I mean, I think it's something like branding and PR and, like, the creators of the story would have to kind of think about. I think Disney right now is just still trying to find their Star Wars footing. I think they are very solid with their Marvel films. They can be creative. They know what tone they're going for. They're not trying to redefine themselves all the time. But if they didn't go with a new saga, episode one, two, I would just say, like, come up with a cool new title for each of them. I think so far Disney has shown their better Star Wars content as just kind of the one-off releases. Now, and we've we've already kind of got a little bit of press here and there of Disney having a hard time. Is a three-part series the future? And, you know, they, they obviously weren't as successful with the sequel trilogy as they would have wanted to. But I think that sequels and trilogies these all work if they're planned out and i you know we just we dealt with a series that wasn't planned out and so it didn't work as well as it could have and you know kind of like the the marvel setups where they're they're just kind of fired off a movie here and there and kind of let the timeline fill in itself i think would work in a star wars world and if they do end up doing sequels to particular Star Wars stories, I think it's okay. But again, I think that sequels work best if there is a grander picture that they're trying to achieve as opposed to just creating sequels off of making money. Before we move on to our next topic with our KOTOR discussion, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So previously on Knights of the Old Republic, Trask, Revan, and Karth were fighting their way off of the Endar Spire. Trask died, and then Revan and Karth took the last escape pod and crashed into the upper level of Terrace. So when we kind of come back after the cinematic of the escape pod crashing, uh, we see Revan kind of tossing and turning in his bed, and you have a vision of Bastila fighting a dark Jedi. When your character wakes up, you kind of hear the Bastila theme, and then Karth is there 
in his magnificent orange jacket, and he said, you're tossing and turning, don't worry, we're safe now, we're in an abandoned apartment, and we left the crash site uh, before the Sith got there, and you were unconscious, but I got us into this abandoned apartment. And then he kind of goes on to say, like, there is a big, huge Sith blockade, so that means, like, the Republic cannot bail them out. The Sith won't necessarily be looking for, like, the soldiers, like, Revan and Karth. So they're kind of on the safe side, just as long as they keep a low profile. And Karth mentions, like, you're very knowledgeable about alien languages that could be helpful for us. So yeah, they won't be looking for us, so we just have to lay low, figure things out, figure out where Bastila is. The Sith will definitely be looking for her because she's kind of the face of the war effort. She's the last hope, but don't worry about her. She's young and powerful. She'll figure it out. There's kind of a lot of exposition. It's not quite done yet, but what I noticed is they're kind of laying out Knights of the Old Republic's main three, Bastila, Revan, and Karth from the very beginning. Karth goes on to say there's rumors of an escape pod in the Undercity, so they're going to be going, they're going to be scouting down there. So they'll have to figure out a way to get down there. And Karth explains uh, the, the planet of Terrace. It's kind of gilded. It looks really nice, kind of like Coruscant. The planet's all one big city. Thank you, Rick Ollie, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Terrace has three levels. The upper city is beautiful, uh, the lower city is a few steps down, and then the under city is like, you do not want to go there, you know? Uh, there are Rackles down there, and in a future episode we'll kind of figure out, like, should Rackles be in an adaptation, you know? But we'll get there when we get there. Even there, like, Karth is just kind of saying, like, it looks nice, but it has problems, and... Kind of in the new stories featuring Coruscant, you kind of see that a bit. That, like, the higher levels are nice, but the lower you go down, things aren't nice. Um, you kind of see that in the Clone Wars, especially Season 7, I would say. Before they leave, Karth is like, just lay low. You do not want to be in an interrogation with a dark Jedi. And he has this quote. They say the dark side of the Force can do terrible things to a mind. It can wipe away your memories and destroy your very identity. I'm sure that'll never come up again. And they're just saying it for fun. But interesting quote. And then the main character in Karth, they leave the apartment. And then immediately as you get out, there's a confrontation with Sith and aliens. The Sith is like, whoa, you guys are Republic fugitives. Like, you're not letting us kill these aliens. So we're going to attack you. So it's like, you have to kind of choose, like, good or evil right there, you know? Because it's just, like, literally outside your door. <laughs> and then you can, like, kind of explore the apartments you're in. And I always loot all the things. I talked to Dina and heard about the Ichani energy shields. And then you walk outside to properly see the upper city, and the Terrace Upper City music starts to play, and it's just beautiful. So there's a lot of exposition. What do you kind of think of, like, the game, this section when you're playing it, Coden? Uh, for me, it, it was almost kind of like a rehash of some more tutorials. Um, that Mainly just that 
that first little apartment sequence. And, and so I think that the game really kicks off once you get outside up onto the main deck of the city. Yeah, I mean, because the first, the first level, it was very, like, get to point A to point B, kind of narrow. It, it's not like an open planet, and then you kind of just wake up in an apartment, and then you get outside, and then you kind of see the floating statues, the ships taking off, you know, and all the people walking around, and all the Sith. Like, it, it starts to feel more like Star Wars, and like... Star Wars RPG you can kind of explore and I think it was kind of the first one of the first few games that I felt like I was in control. Yeah, I I do like how it gets started right away with the decisions and uh, the dialogue and how it influences your your light side dark side meter. Yeah. It's pretty clever I... uh to have like a light side dark side meter in a Star Wars game. They used it in a few games before, but I think that KOTOR is kind of like the most well-known. I think it's, yes, I think it's the best implemented from those early Star Wars games is from KOTOR and KOTOR 2. Yeah. I mean, like, The Force Unleashed, they kind of had a set narrative, and then you could kind of choose what you wanted to happen in the end. But yeah, I think Knights of the Old Republic, like, literally, you're making decisions, like, right after the tutorial so it's pretty cool how would you handle this opening on terrace in a movie and keep in mind we can always edit you know we can always edit later on like episode four was saved in the editing room yeah so i i don't know if i'd keep a lot of karth exposition i'd probably push that more to a visual explanation so maybe keep keep a lot of terrace at kind of like a closed door while they're at the apartment. But once they kind of leave the apartment, then kind of just visually explore uh, maybe maybe an alien fugitive getting uh, escorted back down to lower levels by the, by the Sith or by some, like, the local security. And, I don't know, th- things like that. Maybe, you know, bump into some of these interactions that you have and uh, and then have... Revan kind of make the decision of, like, are we going to help or are we going to just let it pass? Yeah. I guess, would you want Revan to be good or conflicted or or how would you want him to be handled? Maybe like a little bit of a mix. Maybe a little bit on the how how can this best help us? And then maybe transition that down to... Um, making like better decisions as a whole later in the later in the story, but I think at first, like when you crash down onto the planet, and uh, and you're just kind of scavenging for the first little bit, I think that I it would make sense for me to see Revan kind of act on his own interest, and so like seeing a little bit of mix between like dark side layered decisions and then also some light side layered decisions just kind of depending on how does this best help me yeah because i think if i were to handle like this section in a movie i would definitely say like building that revan bastila bond like connection through the force 
is going to be critical. So I would definitely keep that vision because depending on how much, like if Bastille is shown on the Endar Spire or maybe kind of just from behind or whatever, you kind of want to have her involved in case like she kind of makes a Han Solo appearance like 40 minutes in, you know? Um, So you want to kind of keep her involved so you kind of just wonder about that connection, you know? I just maybe have Karth say, hey, you're tossing and turning, we're safe now. Kind of just a little exposition, just say, there's a Sith blockade, uh, we're going to have to figure this out. And then uh, maybe just, he definitely have to say that quote, like they say the dark side of the Force can do terrible things to a mind, because it works so well in the reveal, I think. But maybe just have Karth kind of explain terrorists like maybe they leave the apartment and then Revan sees it and it's like this is a beautiful city you know and then maybe have him explain it and then maybe as Karth is saying that you see like some Sith maybe harassing an alien and then you see like it kind of reveals like Karth's words I think that would be good but yeah that's how I'd handle that section and uh, in the future, we will definitely tackle more of Terrace and all of its layers and, of course, the rest of the story. I, I think that what would be kind of important to me is, yeah, to have that kind of mix of decisions that Revan's going to make. Because I think Bastil plays a pretty good role on influencing Revan's future decision making. And I'd like to see character development in multiple ways. And I think that if Revan is making good decisions from the start of the story to the end of the story, I don't think it's going to make that interesting of a story as opposed to kind of like a a dynamic range of decisions that he makes depending on kind of where he's at mentally. Yeah. Part of me is still kind of figuring out if I want Revan to like kind of act more good, kind of in it for himself or kind of be bad but kind of come to the good side but part of me was almost wondering it's like what if at the beginning it's kind of when the Jedi's imprinted personality would be strongest and maybe it's kind of like he's good but it's kind of like not a real personality just kind of more like almost kind of naive but I I kind of think that wouldn't work as well because I think that's kind of more what Bastille is going through. But I was kind of just like kind of thinking in my mind like maybe like at the beginning Revan is kind of like not really his real self and then maybe he kind of has to like kind of become like his own person and then the reveal happens and then he kind of knows fully who he is and he's fully capable of bad and good but he chooses good. I mean, it's Star Wars. They're not going to have... I don't think they would have someone in a one-off, you know, trilogy choose evil. Because that's not, you know, uplifting. I mean, they did have Anakin go bad, but he was redeemed, like, and we knew that in 4, 5, and 6. But I think maybe a mix of Revan kind of... Being a little bit in the middle, but not really like a Han Solo. Just kind of like a blank slate. 
and maybe kind of just have him be a little bit of a jokester. Someone who can be a hero, someone who can be a villain, but uh, just kind of being like a baseline, you know, in the first few, in the first movie, at least, I would say. Just kind of like, you know, your standard person. But in my mind, like, Chris Evans would be a good Revan, and if you watch some of his earlier films, he he's very good at humor, and I think he could nail it. Alrighty, we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with your Carson Nassi fancast. Before we get started with your fan casts, I just thought I would share some fun stats from from our followers and listeners. And on the Instagram account, Evan Hawk Podcast on Instagram, I asked everyone uh, what they thought the best romance in KOTOR was. And 92% said Bastila, 8% said Karth, and 0% percent said Juhani, and this is not scientific at all, but we appreciate all the different opinions out there, and thank you for responding. So first off, there is the Order of the Jedi, and they said Bradley Cooper. What do you think, Coden? Every time I think of Bradley Cooper, I think of his more like goofball roles, and so I, I can't really see... I, I think I can visually see Bradley Cooper as Karth, but as, like, personality Bradley Cooper, I would say no way on him being Karth. Yeah. I think, for me, Bradley Cooper is kind of just more of a nice guy. I don't know if, like, I'd quite believe the angst that Karth needs to have. And then Ironic.Designs says, Stephen Amell from Arrow, soft-spoken with a hard edge. What do you think? Um, Stephen Amell is interesting. I haven't watched a lot of Arrow. Like I've seen just a couple episodes, but uh, knowing the actor a little bit, like like I can see it. Uh, but I don't know enough of that one to to like make a solid yay or nay on that one. I can definitely see the allure. And ironic dot designs has another Green Arrow actor for a fan cast, so that's a fun pattern. But I kind of think Stephen Amell might be a little bit too TV for the role of Karth, even though I can kind of see it. I could see him more as a Darth Bandon or a Dark Jedi character, though. He definitely can like pull off the stunts uh, and the physicality of a good role. So maybe not like, maybe not quite what I would see for Karth, but Something definitely, like, with a lot of combat, I think he would be a great fit. Then Astro Droid says, lots of good options, but I really think Alexander Ludwig from Vikings would be a good Karth. What say ye? <laughs> um, this is another one I'm not familiar with. Uh, what else is Alexander Ludwig in? Cato. 
in the Hunger Games. So he's the guy who was holding PETA in like a... Oh, the the cocky guy from like District 1? One or two, I think. I think it was two, actually. Yeah, one of, like the cocky career guy that makes it all the way to the yeah. end. Um, I don't know. Maybe a little young, but I don't think that's a big deal. I don't, I don't like Hunger Games is the only place that I've seen him in, and so I don't really know his range. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, tragically, I haven't seen much of Vikings yet. He's not an obvious choice, but he's an interesting one. I kind of wonder if he would be a bit too young and blonde for the role, but. I don't know. I mean, you can fix the blonde, but yeah, it's the age. I think just like the age of maturity that Karth displays. I don't know if. Yeah. I don't know if Alex can kind of like mirror that. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like, I don't, I don't know enough to like see his range to like make a big informed decision on that one. Yeah, I I watched some scenes of his from Vikings. I just wasn't getting a lot of Karth vibes. Um, he was also in Hunger Games, of course. He's interesting. I just don't quite know where I would put him in a KOTOR adaptation. But it was an interesting choice, for sure. And then Mysteries of the Force uh, says Casper Van Dien. I probably said that wrong, but what do you think of that one? This would be this would be a, a fun one for Trask. Yeah? Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I think he definitely has a good look. I just kind of wonder if he would maybe be a touch too old, but he looks like a hero. The blue eyes, they're intense, and, like, a nice face and hair. I could maybe see him as a Candorous or maybe an older Malik. But, I mean, Sith aren't necessarily healthy, so maybe he could just be Malik, you know? Or maybe just an older Karth. And then... Aaron Riggle Mayer says Timothy Oliphant. I think we're, we're all shooting really old today. I think Timothy Timothy Oliphant would have been great, but he's already been cast in The Mandalorian season two. Oh, he's the dad in I Am Number Four, and that's another one that I don't quite know the range. Um, he's like he seems like really serious, but not. I don't. Know, I can't see Karth with him again. Just like too old and. Kind of too serious. Yeah. I actually think he would be an excellent choice, but he's going to be in the second season of The Mandalorian. So I don't think he would get a second dip into the Star Wars universe, but he would be an interesting one. Then Astronautka Art says, I imagine someone like a younger Brad Pitt with a classic strong face, but maybe more like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to say that, like, with Brad Pitt, especially younger, yeah, I can kind of see both of those leaning more towards, like, a Revan cast than Karth cast. Brad Pitt, I kind of think if there were more Star Wars films or the MCU existed in the 90s, like, Brad Pitt would have been all over those. Like, I definitely think Brad Pitt could have been the Captain America if the MCU had happened in the 90s. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's on my short list, actually. Uh, he kind of could have that look, and I think he could definitely kind of tap into the paranoia Karth could have and kind of seem like someone who's old enough to have lost 
uh, wife, you know, fought in wars and doesn't know where their child is, what happened to them. I could definitely see that. What are your fan casts for Karth Coden? So I, I picked like three. Um, the first one is, is Patrick Dempsey. And and then I picked up uh, James Marston and Josh Dumal. Of all three of these, I was kind of looking more for like someone who portrays like a really good, like straight line, good character. And so um, now a couple of these are kind of on the older end, like Patrick Dempsey and Josh Dumal, but they um, like they've shown that they can play like a really good, good character. And then James Marston it kind of like on the younger end uh, and kind of like a newer popular face uh, like uh, Westworld. Yeah, uh, Patrick Dempsey, he may be a little bit too typecast for me. Uh, he's very attractive. Like I would I would not complain. I'm like, oh, darn, I have to stare at Patrick Dempsey for like two hours. Oh, no, you know, but um, Josh Duhamel, um, I'd probably say. No, I think my favorite is James Marsden. I I enjoyed him in Westworld and, you know, like what I've seen him in, like 30 Rock and Enchanted. I just think he would be able to handle kind of the ups and downs of Karth, you know, and I think it'd be interesting and, and fresh. Uh, what were some of yours? So my, my fan cast, uh, my number one is Nate Parker. I saw him first in Red Tails, and just watching him, I just got the impression like he was a good soldier. He's tall, and he just has a like a good soldierly figure, you know? He looks the part, could pull off the orange jacket, look like he's fighting for the Republic, and... He just seems like he has a pillar of goodness, but he can also kind of incorporate the guilt of Karth's character. It was kind of a surprise, but just when I was watching Red Tails, I was like, that's my Karth, you know? Um, and then my number two is Idris Elba. And I love the guy. I saw Dark Tower for him. I'd love to see him given more heroic roles. And he has a great voice, and I always thought Karth had a great voice. Um, and I think he could just uh, be a hero and kind of someone with a tragic backstory, you know. And then Michael B. Jordan, he's my number two for Revan. Perhaps he's too young for Karth, but he has great range, uh, as seen in Just Mercy, Creed, Black Panther, and Red Tails. I don't know. I, I think I could just see him as Karth, and then I, I mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal. He's my number four. Uh, so what do you think, Coden? Um, I do I do like the option for Nate Parker. I think that was actually a pretty good one. Um, I just, Elba, he's he's pretty old. Uh, but, like, I, I think I think it could work to do, like, a voiceover narrative. Of like, you know, I just, Elba would be, like, perfect or something like that, but... Um, but no, I like, I like Nate Parker, Michael B. Jordan. I kind of agree. He's a bit young and, uh, and a bit like most of the stuff that I've seen Michael in, he's like super cocky all the time. So I, I agree that that's more of like a Revan cast for like kind of the cockier end of Revan. And then, and then I've already kind of shared my opinion on Jake. Yeah. 
All right, so thank you so much for listening to the Evan Hawk. We know there's lots of Knights of the Old Republic podcasts out there, but thank you for choosing ours. You can find us on Instagram at Evan Hawk Podcast and check out the link in our bio. It's new and it can take you to a website that has all of our links uh, so you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all in that one link. So if you want to check that out, it is there. And as I said, this is the Ebon Hawk, found everywhere that Anchor Podcasts are distributed, and subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. Our email is ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. Email us your questions or business inquiries. And then you can find me on uh, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, just uh, search for Konobong and you'll find me on any of those. And then our intro and outro themes are composed by Alistair Shoreman. And he can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker. And he can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. All right. This has been the Ebon Hawk Podcast. May the Force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.